Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. In today's episode, I'm talking about anxious body, anxious mind, or the flip side of that, peaceful body, peaceful mind. And that's where we're headed toward, but it isn't a linear journey. We are never perfectly peaceful in our body and or our mind. Life throws us curveballs every day and it's how we deal with those, but we really get better at dealing with all that life can throw at us. The more we understand what's going on inside of us, the better we are equipped to not just race off with the mind, with its fearful and negative thoughts. So what we do is when we feel our stress and anxiety building, we want to interrupt that cycle, that fear, adrenaline, fear cycle. And we can interrupt that in our body and we can interrupt it in our mind. We can interrupt anxiety through our bodies or through our thoughts in our minds. You may have noticed that you have better luck with one way or the other. Which one works better for you depends on where the anxiety is being triggered. In my experience, people often get triggered in both, both places in the brain that I'm going to talk about. Now, one probably comes before the other, and the more that we get fluent at understanding when our stress is rising, the sooner we can catch it and maybe not trigger both parts of their brain. And you may learn this as you go forward. It's something that we just have to keep practicing. The more we practice, the sooner we can catch the very subtle signals that our anxiety or our stress levels are rising. Reducing anxiety requires different approaches and strategies depending on what part of the brain the anxiety is being produced. So if the anxiety is being triggered in the amygdala, it is experienced directly in the body. This will activate your fight or flight, your freeze and please responses. This is not where we have conscious control or reasoning. This is the ancient part of our brain, and when it is triggered and it's off and running, it's off and running. And it actually dampens our ability to reason, which is why we want to catch this one as soon as we can, because the further down the wormhole we go, the less able we are to talk or breathe or relax our way out. Those are all helpful because they stop throwing more fuel on the fire. But the sooner we can catch whatever is going on, 
the sooner we pay attention and stop and do what we can, the less of a fire we have. So there's less to put out. We don't even really put the fire out. We let it burn out. We have to just let it be. Once those hormones are raging, we got to just ride it out. So don't feel bad if it feels like it's taking forever. Just try not to add more to it. So what do we do if the amygdala is where we are initially triggered? Because like I said, you may be triggered in both sections. But if you are originally triggered in the amygdala, this is where you have the fight or flight. So we use the strategies of calming the amygdala or petting the lizard by slow breathing. Generally, I like to have you just concentrate on a longer and slower exhale. Let the inhale take care of itself and just let your body know you are okay by a longer and slower exhalation. And then you can also be relaxing your tense muscles. You probably don't think your muscles are very tense, but I bet they are. As a matter of fact, right now, you can let go with me. I always like to have you do this right while you're listening. You can be driving, you can be working, you can be doing whatever, and relax your neck, shoulders, the facial muscles. And if you don't know if they're tight, and you can't tell if you're relaxing them or not, tighten them up really tight. Make a squinchy face, bring your shoulders up around your ears, and then relax them again. This really helps the mind get the message through the body that all is well. You are not running from a tiger. You're actually relaxing your muscles. We can also take time for exercise. This is a good time to expend the energy. Or we can actually do a body scan, something where we are actually relaxing our muscles as we go inside and listening to a guided voice and some pretty music. Rewiring this amygdala pathway requires exposing ourselves to the trigger over and over and using these relaxation techniques while we're in the grips of the stress and anxiety. While we are feeling that horrible, uncomfortable feeling, it is time to relax the muscles, slow the breathing, and use our body willfully to tell our mind that all is well. The amygdala can stand down. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical-grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. 
So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. One Skin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Now, the other part of the brain that could be triggered is the cortex, and this produces worrying thoughts, negative interpretations, and horrible alarming images that can also activate the amygdala's anxiety response. This is why I said most of you will have both of these going on. Some people only have the physical sensations, but many people have both. So this is when the mind is stuck in rumination, and it's really thinking hard, trying to anticipate future events or to prepare for the worst. That was me always trying to prepare for all of the possibilities, as if that was ever possible. Of course it wasn't, but my mind wouldn't let go of that thinking and worrying and the alarming images that come up around danger and something is going horribly wrong if we don't continually prepare for the worst. So to let go of this type of anxiety, you need to change the thought patterns and the actual thoughts that are going on in your mind through mindfulness, through paying attention to what you are thinking. Often we don't pay attention to what we're thinking. We're mindless. But if we are mindful, we are actually looking and seeing what is there. That's why meditation is so helpful, because we practice that in order to be able and get good at seeing what our mind does and the tricks it plays and the amazing wild journeys it can come up with. So we can use mindfulness. We can use distraction. We can use play or fun or laughter to help us replace anxious thoughts with something productive and positive, even coping thoughts. So that's what's key about the amygdala anxiety pathway is that it operates outside of the language of logic. So when it's the amygdala that is triggered, logic doesn't help. It doesn't matter that you know in your heart, logically, what you're thinking is not possible. Because once that amygdala got triggered, that lizard brain, your cortex thoughts are going crazy and feeding the amygdala. There's no way that the logic can help. So let go of that. It's okay. You know rationally these things are not going to happen. And you are now using your witnessing mind to see that. 
You're seeing it all play out and go on. But when you are being the witness and seeing it, you have removed yourself just enough to stop feeding it, to letting yourself out of the fear, adrenaline, fear cycle. And the less you feed it, the less fear that you feed your mind and body, the sooner this round of anxious thinking or panic feeling will ride itself out or burn itself out. So this is why we can't talk or reason our way out of an anxious state once we're in it. It's like when people tell you, well, that's not possible. Just relax. Of course, you know, and I know we can't just relax. We can willfully make our muscles untighten. Yes. But as far as relaxing out of the anxiety, not going to happen right away. Because your mind, the amygdala, it's off and running. And the cortex with its worrying thoughts and negative interpretations, those two are feeding each other. And you're off for a potential trip down the wormhole. This is something I know you can all relate to. Having to ride out the anxiety attack and be aware enough not to be adding any more fuel to the anxious fire so that it doesn't last any longer than it has to. So remember that the amygdala is capable of completely overriding your cortex, especially in moments of danger. So when you are in something that has triggered the sense of danger, you may not consciously realize what you're doing. You could be having that kind of an out-of-body experience feeling. Like when you are reacting quickly to avoid an accident on the highway, it's all adrenaline and it's the amygdala that actually saves you because that kind of quick response was helped by that kind of adrenaline rush. So. What are we going to do with all of this? Why does it even matter? When anxiety is activated in the amygdala, logic is useless. So don't be angry with yourself when you say, but I know that's not possible. Or I know that can't happen. So just let that go. That's why it doesn't work to tell someone who's panicking to just calm down, like I said. The amygdala operates in emotional memories. The amygdala is very close in your brain to where memory is stored, which you experience this directly, not through images or conscious cues. This is something that's happening right there in your emotional memory area of your brain. And that's how the amygdala operates. We are not going to be able to change that. So the amygdala associates a situation or an object or a person with the emotion of fear. Then the neurons wire together, fusing into a memory. When faced with that similar object or situation next time, and let me add here, or the thought of the object or the situation. It can be a thought about it. It isn't even necessary that you be with 
the object or the situation. The emotional memory can be triggered and anxiety is up and running. So rewiring the amygdala-based anxiety requires learning to communicate in the language of emotional memories. So how are we going to find our way out of this? What can we actually do for each piece? The amygdala. If that is where you are easily triggered that, and you get all those body sensations, you can expose the amygdala to your anxiety triggers on purpose in a controlled setting. And that means being prepared and knowing what you are doing. And then you can begin to form new associations that compete with the old ones by calming your body as you try triggering situations on purpose. Now, let me caution you here. This doesn't mean that if you have a fear of driving, that you pack up the car and you plan to go drive cross-country. This is not what I'm talking about. I want to emphasize that small bites at a time are what help you to move forward over time. So that means that we want to trigger the anxiety on purpose in a control setting in small enough bites that we are not really alarmed. We're getting close to it, but we're not quite setting off all the bells and whistles. For driving, like I was saying, that might mean sitting in the car in the driveway. We're taking these slow, little bites at a time, just normalizing the whole situation. It's no big deal to sit in the car, turn on the radio, and listen to it for a little while. It's okay to go slow. It doesn't really take as long as you might think. And big leaps and bounds will not be helpful in that you may just dig your heels in deeper and the amygdala may be off and running again. And it may not only just take you time to recover, but you also haven't gained any ground. And now with the cortex, remember, thoughts and feelings are not absolute truths. We all know this, but it is our job to remind the cortex that things that we are thinking and feeling do not necessarily make them true or real. Look for facts when you are in the blur of anxiety. Bring yourself back to asking for the facts. Start to see where you may be confusing anxious thoughts and feelings for facts. Having an awareness that there is another way to look at the situation can offer you the space, not automatically to go to fear and you can calm the stressful thoughts sooner. Most people have both parts of their brain activated with anxiety attacks or panic attacks. The amygdala easily overrides the cortex, and you may not even know what you're doing. You could be having an almost out-of-body experience. Using your body to bring your anxiety levels down by using longer, slower exhalations and letting muscles loosen as much as possible can be a great way to ride out the cascade of stress 
hormones the anxiety has triggered, and logic and reasoning can come back online sooner. I hope this show has been helpful for you. I absolutely love being here with you, and I hope that you will share the show if you know anyone in need. And now for today's quote. You must learn to let go. Release the stress. You were never in control anyway. And that's from Steve Maraboli. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com. 